We've been in a lot of churches and we've visited a lot of churches. And while all of them have things we love, yeah, all of them had aspects we love and certainly people that we love. Oh, yeah. There was also something in our hearts that longed for more. Mm-hmm. And as we've prayed about that, the Lord has impressed on us things that he longs for in his own church. And so really, this is us just stepping out, whether it ends up being just the two of us mm-hmm. or a bunch of people with us mm-hmm. to say, okay, Lord, we'll step into whatever the more is if you'll show us the way to go. And what we found is there are others who have the same thing. Right. They're, they're, they are in church, but they are discontent, but it's mm-hmm. a holy discontent. Right. We're not referring to those who are discontent because of their preferences not being met. Right. There's a holy discontent. And so while some of you listening to this may go, I'm perfectly happy in my church, to that I would say, praise God. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. But to those who are going, is there something different? I long for something different. We want you to know you're not alone. Right. And that there's nothing wrong with you for longing for something different. Mm -hmm. Because there is an element that you see in scripture that is missing in many churches today. And I think, unfortunately, the sad state of our churches today, for many of our churches today, certainly not all, is that we don't really allow for the individual believer to become all that God truly wants that person to be. And as we mentioned, you know, often the methodology is Mm well-meaning. We know that the people who are leading our churches, they love God. In most cases, they really do have a relationship with God. They love God. I think ultimately they would say their goal as well is to see people fulfill their purpose. And, you know, every church has, you know, this motto, a mission, a vision statement, a slogan. And we love the church. And And God loves the church. We absolutely love the church. So our heart would be not to stir a discontent in you that would lead to any form of bitterness, but to stir in you an introspection, to stir in you a desire to really ask God what he thinks about how you're functioning in your current church body. Yeah. And is that the fullness of what he's called you to? Mm-hmm. Welcome to Truth That Ignites, a podcast that will ignite your life towards greater passion and purpose by teaching you to think and live from a kingdom perspective. This podcast features in-depth Bible teachings with practical application. You'll also find honest and thought-provoking discussions on topics essential to fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Now here are your hosts, Mike and Reve Lawrence. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad to have you with us on another episode of Truth That Ignites. My name is Mike, and I'm joined as always by my lovely and beautiful wife, Reve. Hello. We're in the studio again, and we're actually doing a special episode on some things that God has placed on our heart regarding his church. We actually touched on this quite a bit in our previous series called The Ancient Paths of the Kingdom. Most of you don't know this, but we actually have been gathering in our home on Saturday nights with a group of believers to simply seek the Lord, worship the Lord, and grow together because we believe that God has called us to plant a church. Mm-hmm. And we've never really announced this because we've just been in the foundation laying phase, and we actually very much are still in the foundation laying yeah, phase. And definitely. so this is why we haven't like put this out there publicly for everyone. Now, it's open to anyone, but we haven't made a big deal about it and tried to promote it yet. 
Because the Lord keeps telling us to go slow. Mm -hmm. He's doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this in our series on the ancient past of the kingdom in Jeremiah 6.16, mm -hmm. where he says, stand at the crossroads and ask for the ancient paths. Right. And the Lord began stirring in our hearts that he was doing a new thing in his church. Now, mm -hmm. that's not just in Mike and Reve and what's happening at the Tekoa Project. Right. That's globally. Mm. He's doing a new thing. We live in changing times, and God is not caught off guard by these times. He absolutely has already had a plan and a purpose for this season since the foundations of the earth. Right. And so this gathering is called the well. That's the name that God has given us. And it's because the well has so much significance in Scripture. Yeah. And one of the things that you see in Scripture is that, one, the well is a source of life. Right. People would gather around the well for water. Mm -hmm. They couldn't survive without water. But you go back all the way to Jacob, and you see God interacting with Jacob at the well. I think of Hagar and her son mm -hmm. at the well. Mm -hmm. I think of Jesus and the woman at the well. There is so much significance regarding wells and vitality. Mm. And Jesus came, and when he came, he said that he would bring life abundant. Mm -hmm. He wants us to have abundant life. And he said that rivers of living water would flow through us. And one of the things we believe that God is doing is he's returning his church to that foundational purpose, to be a source of life to the world around us, where rivers of living water flow through us where we can be a source of life to those around us who, A, may not know the Lord right. and are looking for the Lord, but even, B, those who do know the Lord, but they're dry and they're weary. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there. Mm -hmm. And the pace of life in our society today, and in addition, in our churches today, has left people very dry and very weary. Now, this is not anti-church. We love the church, as we've right. said on many episodes, but we love the church enough to be honest about her flaws mm. and what the Lord wants to do differently. Right. And so that's the big news from us. We're in the process of planning a church. Mm -hmm. It's been a very slow process. Yeah. And we're okay with that. Yeah. We're taking it very slow. We have a, a very small group of people gathering in our home, and the Lord has said, just lay a firm foundation. Right. And so we're going to share some of the vision of what God has given us for what this church is supposed to be and where it's headed. Yeah, and to be clear, you know, us saying that we're meeting in our home doesn't necessarily mean that we plan to always be a home church. Yes. We are not against meeting in a building. We're not against the facility's needs. Certainly as a group begins to grow, there are decisions that have to be made, and those are unique to every gathering. And so we don't necessarily believe that church should look like any one particular description. Mm -hmm. So we're not discussing this with our listeners to say that this is the path that should be followed by everyone. Yeah. We're saying that as you and I have experienced over the last 20 years of, of church leadership, really, we've come to a place of believing that the Lord would like to revive the hearts of the people that make up the body of Christ. And mm -hmm. as you said, for us as leaders within the church body to be honest about the areas that we've gone wrong mm -hmm. as a corporate gathering, the things that have enticed us away from our first love yeah. and have complicated the way that we serve God, the way that we portray God to a lost world, and the way that we continue to walk with Him in our own personal lives and, and faith journeys. And so all of those areas require honest reflection yeah. and an intentional 
attitude towards moving ahead in the areas that he actually calls us to, Mm -hmm. not just in the areas that we have become accustomed to or the areas that feel familiar and comfortable, not just solely for the sake of tradition. And and that can be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and it can be a, a very difficult process to turn a large ship full of people in a totally new direction. It has to be done a degree at a time. That process is going to take time and it will require some unlearning Mm -hmm. in order for us to make that degree by degree turn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that point up because this is not a house church. Right. We just happen to be meeting in a home right now. That's right. And it very well may end up in a building eventually. We're just taking it slow because the Lord has said he's doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we've learned is, you know, when you're driving home from work and you've taken that route day after day after day, you can almost do it with your eyes closed. Now, I don't recommend that (laughs) because that's going to be dangerous. But we've all certainly been driving somewhere where we got in the driveway when we got home and we were like, wait, I don't even remember the trip home because we were so captured in our mind and thought we were lost in thought or what have you. And that's our default. And we do that in every area of life. It's both a blessing and a curse. It's, it's what allows us to multitask, right? We can drive home while carrying on a conversation. We're not worried about getting lost because we know the way. So we can do it without giving it a lot of thought. We do pay attention to the road, yeah. but we can carry on a deep conversation. That's a blessing. Right. However, it can also be a curse because it, we tend to rely on our default, which often causes us to miss what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Right. Sometimes he wants us to take a new way home, but we're so used to the default that we tune out what he's Mm -hmm. speaking to us, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And so I use that analogy to apply to what's going on at the church today. And what we feel like God has said to our hearts is he's doing a new thing. And because it's a new thing, we need to be paying attention. Mm -hmm. We cannot rely on our default. Mm -hmm. Don't just put it on autopilot. You know, we planted churches before and we could just go, oh, we know know what you're supposed to do. Let's just do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And the Lord keeps saying, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to be paying close attention because every single step, you're going to need me to direct you in. Right. So you're going to need to hear me when I say it's time to turn left or it's time to turn right. Mm-hmm. And right now he keeps saying, lay a foundation and give opportunity for the Spirit of God to deconstruct that default in people's lives so that the Holy Spirit can now reconstruct the new thing he's doing, a mm-hmm. new way of living and doing church. Now, that sounds really radical, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. On the surface, it looks just like most other churches, worship, prayer, fellowship, teaching of the Word of God. It's not like it's going to look tremendously different. It's the atmosphere, the culture, the Mm -hmm. environment that's being created. The motivation. The motivation behind Mm -hmm. it, the way we treat one another. A lot of the underlying heart issues is what the Lord is addressing. Outwardly, it may look similar. Mm -hmm. So we don't want you to get this idea it's some crazy thing. It's not. Right. But this is us just sharing our heart. Now, one thing I want to point out is one of the things we've always believed deeply, and we've seen this in our entire marriage, Mm -hmm. is that when God calls us to something because we are one flesh in his eyes, he doesn't call me and then you tag along. He calls us. Right. Because we're married and we're one flesh, he wants us on the same page. And so he has given us both heart and vision for what's to come. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly that when God places a call on a couple, it is for them both. I, I'm not just tagging along watching you fulfill some amazing call in your own life. This is a call that's very much including me and involves our entire family. And so when you and I come to a decision that God is prompting us with, 
we make it as a couple together, knowing yeah. that you and I are fully committed equally, that I have to be just as called and just as committed as you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's why you and I have been so much of a team for these 20-something years of ministry and have absolutely. done it side by side. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we firmly believe that God is doing in today's day and age is that he's no longer limiting the work of ministry on a shepherding level to those with a title called pastor. That's right. The body is called to shepherd each other. The Mm -hmm. body is a priesthood of believers. Mm -hmm. And for too long, the body of Christ has looked to those with their title of pastor, and they think they're the ones who can only do the shepherding. So they have to do all the correcting, all the teaching. vision. Exactly. Casting vision and so forth. So one of the things we firmly believe, and we talked about in our series on the ancient paths, is that we are a priesthood of believers. But that means a lot of believers who've spent 10, 15, 20, 30 years in churches where they've not been able to function in that role, now have to deconstruct the mindset of what it means to be a part of a church body Mm -hmm. and relearn what the Lord wants for them so that his kingdom purposes can be fulfilled in their Mm -hmm. lives. And you see this in the book of Acts. Right. Yes, they had some who had offices and titles, but everyone went forth doing ministry and evangelizing and planting churches. I love the fact that the church at Antioch was planted and none of the apostles had a hand in it. That's right. They heard about it and they were like, oh, there's something good going on here. Let's go check it out. And that became the entire hub of the church in the second half of the book of Acts. It was like the mission hub in the book of Acts. And so that to me is such a beautiful picture of what happens when the priesthood of believers embraces their call to go forth and be the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Not just say, hey, I'm going to take up a role and serve in this one capacity and then go home. Mm -hmm. While those with the office or the title do the significant ministry. Right. We got to tear that down. Yeah. And, you know, you use the word deconstruction there. And I think... um, First of all, we do have to deconstruct the way that we have been taught that we participate in church. As you just mentioned, you know, being the priesthood of believers requires us to truly understand what that looks like and learn a new way to function in mm-hmm. the body. But deconstruction also refers to us unlearning some of the wrong methodologies that we have essentially been programmed with, for mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And when we come out of a large corporate gathering that maybe has functioned in only one way for decades, and then we find ourselves like our gathering in a small group where we're attempting to do these things differently, we kind of have to check our baggage at the door. And that sounds a little bit harsh, but our heart is not for it to be harsh. Mm -hmm. Our heart is to be very tender towards those who have come out of an environment where they were not presented with the true heart of Christ for how his body would come together. And so what does it mean to check our baggage at the door? It means our ideas of what church should look like are going to have to be set aside for a time. We're going to have to take some real intentional time inward to examine our motivation to ask ourselves, where is this zeal coming from? Mm -hmm. To really ask the Lord to reveal our heart. Are we behaving as an orphan, as we've addressed in some previous episodes? Are we behaving as a slave? Yeah, You know, those two mindsets can so control us, especially in the corporate gathering of believers, that we begin to function that way decade after decade, and we really are not actually expressing 
the true nature of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so those are processes that come with deconstruction as well that are essential for any new gathering to begin to pursue these ancient paths. We have to remove the old before we can begin the new. Yeah, and that's a process that's happening for us as well. Yes. You know, sometimes being at the front doesn't mean you've already learned it all. It just means you're learning it first. Right. <laughs> but we're still learning. Yeah. You know, we're still having to follow the Lord. And he keeps saying to us, no, you're not going to do this the way you always have. Mm-hmm. You're going to follow me. And so it's scary and mm-hmm. exciting at the same time. In the end, it doesn't look very different on the surface. Mm-hmm. But what's taking place in the heart is very different because it's focusing on the heart. It's focusing on the soul of the person, seeing them healed, seeing them refreshed and drawn to intimacy with Jesus, where from that place, now they can serve the Lord. You know, too often in the church, we are doing what we do in churches for an identity or for a position. Mm -hmm. But the Lord wants to raise up his people who are so confident in their identity and in their position as sons and daughters of God that Mm -hmm. they are now serving and walking out and living from that place of identity. They're not doing it to get the identity. Mm -hmm. They're doing it because they're confident in the identity he gave them from the day they were saved. Right. And when you see that happen, when you experience that overflow of secure identity in Christ, it becomes a beautiful fragrance of Christ. And Instead of the overflow being one of needing recognition and fear of being overlooked or appearing insignificant within the body of Christ, you see people coming to a place of service because they already know their significance in Christ. And so what they add to our gathering is from a place of purity and confidence in who Jesus has told them that they are. And that changes the atmosphere in such a significant way. When you go into that gathering, you recognize that it's a place of peace where the Spirit of God can dwell because there's no competition. There's no striving. There's no seeking that pat on the back. We're not doing things just to keep up with the machine. But instead, we're choosing regularly to return to our first love. But we're giving one another the space and the time that's necessary to heal our heart wounds, to be assured in who we are in Christ, our position as purchased, chosen sons and daughters, not functioning from an orphan mindset, neither from a slave mindset, but totally from a place of security. And that is what we're talking about when we say a new thing. When we say returning to the ancient paths, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because the church was always intended to be the dwelling place of God, and we are. And Mm -hmm. yet so often that's missing. Mm -hmm. And the Lord ultimately is calling his people to return to intimacy with him, Mm -hmm. to return to worship. I think of Mary, how she anointed Jesus's feet and it filled the room with the fragrance. And that's what the church is supposed to be symbolic of a room filled with the aroma of Christ because of the atmosphere of worship and peace and love, the kingdom-minded living that takes place among us. And that is, in fact, what he wants from us and for us. And that's what he's calling his church to today, because in today's day, what we typically experience in church, while there's so much good taking place, the Lord is desiring for more. He's calling us higher. And the people around us are longing for more. And we're living in a day and age. We just saw the church get shut down in 2020 for months on end. 
unable to come together and worship because of COVID-19. And the Lord wants a people who are filled with the fragrance of Christ everywhere they go, not dependent only on getting together in the building. And now hear me out because there's so much power in getting together in our gatherings and loving one another and coming together. There's so much power in that. And we need that. We must not neglect that. But when we come together, it has to be about more than just getting our serve on and making things happen. It can't be focused on what we're doing. It needs to start being focused on who we are and in who he is to us. And worship has to be the primary driver behind what the church is doing. Yeah, and our heart would be that you would ask the Lord for his heart for your gathering. And if you find yourself in a gathering of believers where some of these things that we're discussing are not being expressed. You know, the challenge is how to continue walking in a gathering of believers, being fully committed to who God's called you to be. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, the sad state of our churches today, for many of our churches today, certainly not all, is that we don't really allow for the individual believer to become all that God truly wants that person to be. And as we mentioned, you know, often the methodology is well-meaning. Mm-hmm. We know that the people who are leading our churches, they love God. In most cases, they really do have a relationship with God. They love God. I think ultimately they would say their goal as well is to see people fulfill their purpose. And, you know, every church has you know, this motto, a mission, a vision statement, a slogan. And we love the church and And God loves the church. We absolutely love the church. So our heart would be not to stir a discontent in you that would lead to any form of bitterness, but to stir in you an introspection, to stir in you a desire to really ask God what he thinks about how you're functioning in your current church body. Yeah. And is that the fullness of what he's called you to? Mm -hmm. Certainly, we want everyone to be praying for their church leaders. It is a difficult role to have to go first. All the priests had to put their feet in the water before the Jordan could ever part. So the job of the priests requires a testing of their faith that goes beyond what their followers will have to be tested in. Yeah. And so we say that with a great reverence and a great respect for the calling of pastoring and shepherding. And so it's not our goal at all to present something to our listeners and then have them say, well, yeah, that's just not my case. So, oh, well, stinks for me. Instead, we want to spur you on to further love and good works by saying, how can you come into your fullest expression of who God has called you to be? who he's created you to be and pursuing the destiny that he intended for you before the foundations of the earth. Yeah. And I think to that point, it's even better to clarify it a step more and say, God's still working in the church as it is today. Yeah. We're not trying to imply that he's going to stop working because he's doing a new thing. Right. That's not the case at all. We've been in a lot of churches and we've visited a lot of churches. And while all of them have things we love. Yeah. All of them had aspects we love and certainly people that we love. Oh, yeah. There was also something in our hearts that longed for more. Mm -hmm. And as we've prayed about that, the Lord has impressed on us things that he longs for in his own church. 
And so really, this is us just stepping out, whether it ends up being just the two of us Mm -hmm. or a bunch of people with us Mm -hmm. to say, okay, Lord, we'll step into whatever the more is if you'll show us the way to go. And what we found is there are others who have the same thing. They are in church, but they are discontent, but Mm -hmm. it's a holy discontent. Right. We're not referring to those who are discontent because of their preferences not being met. Right. There's a holy discontent. And so while some of you listening to this may go, I am perfectly happy in my church. To that, I would say, praise God. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. But to those who are going, is there something different? I long for something different. We want you to know you're not alone. Right. And that there's nothing wrong with you for longing for something different. Mm -hmm. Because there is an element that you see in scripture that is missing in many churches today. Not in all, Mm -hmm. but in many. Amen. So we hope this blesses you, and we hope it's really given you some things to think and pray about in regards to your own walk with the Lord and what it means to be a member of his church, because the church is not the organization, it's the people. And so as one of his people, are all of his purposes and plans for your life able to come to pass in your life because you're aligning with him or not? And if not, then we hope this has challenged you to consider that because the Lord never holds back his purposes from us. He, he's not saying, sorry, you're not going to get that. It's always us who doesn't get it because we don't pursue what he's offering us. Now, if you want more information about the well, just simply reach out to us at Tacoa Project. You can find us at tacoaproject.com. You can contact us at the contact page there or on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll be glad to give you more information. As I said, we haven't put anything out there publicly yet because the Lord has told us not to yet. Mm-hmm. We're not advertising it, I should say and trying to draw a big crowd or anything like that, we're focusing on laying a foundation that is firm and that the Lord can use to go in a new direction. Mm -hmm. And so I hope this gets you thinking about God's heart for the church and to spur you on to pursue greater intimacy with the Lord in your daily life and in your church experience. Amen. Have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode. God bless. God bless.